welcome to the Farming on Purpose podcast. Today's challenges in agriculture are new, but the grit and determination required to be successful have been handed down for generations. On the Farming on Purpose podcast, we preserve the ag heritage and traditions we built our identity on while pursuing the American dream of multi-generation farms that innovate for the future. Listen along as we share stories of how farmers and ranchers are building legacies, both in their business and their character, for the sake of those they'll pass the reins to. I'm your host, Lexi Wright, and I'm excited to talk with you about the financial, generational, and production challenges facing producers in the ag industry today. This podcast is brought to you by Back Pocket Social Marketing. And yes, this is Lexi here. This podcast has been a real passion project for me. All the time that goes into interviewing guests, editing, and producing the show is sponsored by my freelance marketing agency. We specialize in website design, social media advertising, content creation and management, and email marketing. If you like to take a foundational approach to your marketing and figure out exactly what's working for you and what's not, and really focus on efficiency, then you would be a great candidate to work with us. You can reach out and talk with us more at Lexi at BackPocketSocial.com. We would love to help you solve your marketing challenges. Welcome back to Farming on Purpose. I am so excited to have Jesse here with me today. Jesse was born and raised as a farmer's daughter and is now married to a rancher and raising their three kids on the family ranch in northern Montana. When she's not chasing kids or supporting her husband on the ranch, she's working as the executive administrator for the Montana Angus Association and publishing the Montana Angus News, as well as lots of other things. I know that's not the only thing that you're working on behind the scenes, Jesse. So tell us a little bit more about you, what you're up to, and a little bit more about your ag background. All righty. Thank you, Lexi. Um, I'm really excited to be here today. I always just really look forward to those times when I get to talk to other egg moms um, who have many irons in the fire. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, I guess I will start with a little bit of my background. Um, Like you said, I was born on a farm in northern Montana. Um, I've been an egg my whole life. Um, And um, growing up... I didn't have too much to do with like the farming side of our production, um, but I really enjoyed the sheep and the cattle on the farm. And so I never really considered, you know, a career outside of egg or anything else because I, I just loved it. I love the people. I love the lifestyle. Um, I wanted to marry a rancher someday. <laughs> Ill alert. It happened. <laughs> so... <laughs> Just um, really fortunate about that. But um, so after high school, I went to um, college in Bozeman uh, for a degree in animal science. And after there, um, I headed home back up to where the farm was. And um, I moved in with my now husband, who is a rancher, and we don't live very far from where I grew up. It's about 30 miles or so. Um, So that's really nice to be in the same general area. But um, my husband strictly just runs cattle. It's a cow-calf operation. It's been in his family for um, 
five generations. We are raising the sixth generation. So, you know, a very deep history in um, raising cattle in the area called the Sweetgrass Hills. Um, it's known for, you know, lush grass and and um, just wide open spaces. And that's where we're raising our three kids. Um, I have a five-year-old Clementine, a two-year-old Adriana, and a almost one-year-old Chisholm. So um, we keep pretty busy around here, <laughs> uh, just chasing those three around, but on the ranch as well. Um, we raise Black Angus, and it's a commercial operation. And um, then, you know, we put up our own hay. And I know it differs from operation to operation, but we do most of our cattle work on horseback because the terrain around us is so rough and rugged. So, I mean, that plays into everything too. And um, then on, you know, me personally, I am executive administrator for the Montana Angus Association. I've been with them for five years now. And with that comes publishing Montana Angus News, which I'm working on right now. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then because I'm multi-passionate and just love to always have a project going, you know, I love gardening. I love baking. I love um, pretty much doing anything around the homestead, sewing, canning, all the things. So um, on top of that, I you know, I have the page on Instagram called Beyond the Fence Lines, and um, I just started that business. It is a baby. It's just a baby business, um, and it's hard to find the time to put into it right now just because of the season I'm in. I know you get this. You have four little kids. Um, so I'm just going slow with that and building that community and um, building that business. And so, yeah, that's that's me. That's what I got going on. Well, that is awesome. Thank you so much for the behind the scenes take, Jesse. I love getting to see all of your different passions and hobbies in your Instagram stories. Um, the Sweetgrass Hills. Is that right? That's, yep. Yeah. Um, truly lush, beautiful, exactly as you described. I, I love um, when you show like the different wildflowers and stuff that you guys are getting to enjoy this summer there. Beautiful. Thank you. Yes. Um, I like to say I live for June around here. May because, you know, I mean, sometimes it's like eight months out of the year when we have snow on the ground and winters can be very harsh in northern Montana and very long, very isolating. We are 40 miles from the closest town, um, so very limited on contact a lot during the winter but uh let me tell you may and june usually deliver on the scenery aspect around here so that makes it all worth it right <laughs> yeah yeah for sure well you clearly have a lot of things going on um many irons in the fire as you described it let's jump in um on the ranch so your husband is doing cow calf did was the operation you grew up on cow calf or more diverse or what did you guys kind of what that look like from where you came from to where you are now okay so the farm i grew up on i like to call it a franch because it was a you know farm and ranch i'm stealing that term that's perfect i really like that and i like to combine words so it's a franch um <laughs> but yeah so it's a small grain operation um wheat barley canola Peas, uh, lentils, hay, um, 
And my dad and my uncle and my brother pretty much are on the farm. And and then on this on top of that, they have a cow-calf operation. Um, and throughout my childhood, um, we had different animals around. Like uh, at one point, my dad had a couple hundred pigs that he was, you know, raising. And so I got um, hands-on experience with that. I was in 4-H 10 years. So I had, you know, a pig for several years and I used to go up to the pig barn and help him process the piglets and all that stuff like that. But, um, and my mom also has sheep. She used to have a much larger flock, but now it's quite smaller. Um, So, you know, I had experience in raising sheep and that's mostly where it started was in the sheep barn because, you know, sheep aren't as intimidating as cattle when you're a kid. But um, as I grew older, you know, I I just really love the cattle and my sister kind of like the sheep. So um, we just, you know, as a kid, we we spent time outside all the time. We helped with the animals. We, you know, tagged along in the fields and that's kind of how we grew up. Um, and then moving from that kind of operation to this kind of operation, like, yes, I understood what the lifestyle was like. Okay. You know, I knew there would be busy seasons. Um, I knew, you know, how to help out in, you know, whatever way I could. Um, there were some differences, obviously. I feel like every, like, every family works cattle different. (laughs) So, you know, I had to, you know, uh, learn how to work cattle the way my husband likes her cattle, which is which is fine. I feel like there's always a transition period there. And um, usually it's just him and I working the cows together now. And um, we've come a long way, you know, since the beginning. We've been at this like 10 years now. So um, that's been kind of fun to see, see the progression there and just um, how well we work together now compared to how it used to be. Um, and where I grew up, we were in a much, I wouldn't say more populated because it's still very rural, but we had a lot of neighbors around and we only lived 15 miles from town. And so there was a lot more community, it felt like, um, growing up. And where I live now is much more isolated and it doesn't feel like there's as much of a community. And so that was a big change. And Another thing that was different is I was used to having family around all the time. You know, um, my grandparents lived just north of us. My aunt and uncle lived just north of us. Um, You know, usually there's people in and out of the house all day, just family around all the time. And it's not like that here. You know, I fully intended on moving. You know, I when I thought about what married life would look like, I thought I would marry into a, you know, a ranch or a farm that had multiple generations on the operation, but it wasn't like that. And so that was kind of hard to get used to, especially after I had kids. Hmm. That is a big shift when you kind of grow up in agriculture and you get used to how it's done in your family. And then you join, like you said, a different style of operation with people who work cattle differently, maybe have a little bit different loving setup. It's just a lot to get accustomed to. But being out at 10 years, uh, you'll learn a lot. So I feel like you you probably got some stories to share there. With you guys being more isolated now, what's your kind of day-to-day role look like as far as the ranch side of things goes? And then do your kids get to come along for all of those adventures? How does that go? 
Okay. So, you know, it's looked different at different seasons of motherhood of, um, you know, from one kid to two kids to three kids. Um, Before I had kids, I worked from home in a different job. I used to be with the Montana Wool Growers Association, pretty much doing the same job. And so um, that job allowed me to help my husband on the ranch whenever he needed me and um, still get my work done. And there was a lot of freedom in that. (laughs) But once kids come along, it changes. And um, when I had my first daughter, I had a lot of anxiety about bringing her out on the ranch. And, you know, it was a huge switch for me because I was outside a lot helping. And then I went from that position to pretty much just being housebound all the time because I didn't feel comfortable taking her out. And, you know, my mind raced with all the what ifs. You know, what if she gets cold? What if she gets hungry? What if she cries and I can't, you know, get her, you know, soothe her because of the situation we're in or, or whatever, you know? So, um, but, you know, as you become, the longer you become, the longer you are a parent, um, the more comfortable you get. Um, you know, I, I feel way more comfortable taking three kids out on the ranch now than I did with one kid. And um, this calving season was kind of the first experience with that. Um, we, the calving season started out like with us helping my husband a couple times a day, whether it was in the barn or getting the cows in at night and all the kids came along and it worked really well. Um, but at the the very first day of the second cycle, um, we only had like 35 head left or so, but my husband broke his ankle and uh, things changed real fast. So with that, I we switched places essentially. For the first week of him being in a boot, he stayed in the house with the kids and I fed the cows. I did all the barn chores. I, you know, I rode through the cattle. I doctored the calves. I, I did it all. And it was, wow, it was eye-opening. <laughs> to say the least. And I feel like things have changed a lot since then um, in terms of, you know, how often we take the kids out and and how much we can do with them riding along. It's honestly like astounding how much we can get done with them now out with us um, and just how well they are at going along now. Um, Obviously, I went out and I took them out beforehand, but never to the extent of um, the way we did during the end of calving season. Um, after about five days, my husband <laughs> could not stand house life anymore. And he, he told me, I'm getting up in that tractor. And if you can open gates for me, we'll make it work. So, uh, it just really made us all like hunker down and work as a team. Like we've never had to before. I mean, I'm just incredibly proud of my kids for being able to go all day, every single day for like three weeks out in the cold, out with the cows, like we made it work and they did so well. And so it just really kind of proved to myself that I could do it, you know, and a lot of things changed then for us. So, wow, that is a, (laughs) one of those things you don't ever see coming. And then when it does happen, it, it is like all hands on deck. Um, 
that's I can only imagine what your mental state was during that time, especially like the first couple of days where you're like, oh, my gosh, is this going to work? Are we going to have, you know, like, what's this going to look like when you're the person that's responsible for the household and the kids and just any changes to routine there, I feel like are huge. So that is that is crazy to have gone through that. Um, so now that you are bringing the kids along a little bit more after that experience, what are some of the things that you learned to either let go of to make that possible or that you learned as maybe like hacks to make it more able to be done? Okay. Yes. Um, so obviously calving season, this happened during winter. So all the winter clothes, right? Um, (laughs) I you saying all the winter clothes gives me like, oh gosh, it's yeah. not work to get kids out the door in all the winter gear. Hats, gloves, boots, snowsuits for I all. I can't do any of it themselves. No. Um yeah, I learned that because um generally we would go straight from the house to like the side by side, and that's where they would stay for a good portion of the day with us um usually with me driving the side by side my husband is usually in the tractor um so yeah i wouldn't even get them dressed in their winter clothes um i would put all the winter clothes and toys in a basket and the basket came with us everywhere so that was kind of handy it's a lot better than a bag i feel like bags are you know flimsy you can't see into them you're digging through them all the time uh, but a basket fit perfectly on the floor. It held everything. It held the snacks, the waters, you know, anything we could possibly need. So get a basket if you're going to take your kids out. Really? Bring snacks too, okay? <laughs> um, you know, I think the biggest lesson in all of it was just that it's okay to go slow mm-hmm. and to involve them. You know, the, my, my oldest daughter's five. The younger one is two, and they just love help pulling strings. Um, they love getting out every time we had to cut strings on a bale and helping pull the strings or just like walking around where we were playing, you know, doing snow angels, whatever. So just even though it took longer and we had to go slower, it worked better for everyone. And I think um, it's just a huge, huge testament to like slowing down you know, and just realizing it's going to go a little bit slower when you have littles in tow. So yeah, absolutely. I feel like time is something that most people in ag feel like they're short on. There's always more work to be done, you know. Uh, Do you know how long or how much longer it took when you brought the kids along versus not? Was it like a huge significant difference or? Um, Usually um, my husband would leave, you know, 8 eight thirty in the morning to go out and feed cows and he'd be done by noon um to come in for lunch and so with the kids obviously it took a little longer to get out in the morning we were usually out by nine and then um probably didn't get back in for lunch until like one or two some days most days actually <laughs> it was kind of funny we'd you know look at the clock and we'd be like oh we were really fast today but it's still two o'clock you know <laughs> so um, but I brought lots of snacks along and um that helps and you know the kids were really great in making that change. Um and I think as long as they're having fun, you know, as long as you're having fun, they're having fun, uh the time doesn't really matter. I mean, 
you get lunch when you get lunch. <laughs> so <Right. laughs> some days things happen and you really can't, you know, you can't plan on that stuff. Like we need to catch a calf that's sick. And the best time to do that is on the feed ground in the morning. And so um, that adds a little bit of time to each day. But yeah, we made it work. So yeah. Did that make your, like you personally, your days a lot longer because you were out helping with things and had the kids instead of being in the house doing meal prep or work or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially in like the first week, um, because my husband, God bless him, he does not cook. <laughs> he tries, but he can cook like popcorn and toast. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I am like the sole meal provider at our house. And um, plus, you know, he had a broken ankle and I didn't want him up all the time. I knew he would be up a lot because the kids are, you know, they need things. Um, but I, you know, I wanted to make his life as easy as possible so he could heal. And so, yeah, I was still trying to like get all the meals done and prepared. Like, hey, this is what's for lunch. This is what's for dinner. It's all in the fridge, you know. Um, these are snacks. And I was just trying to keep on top of all that at the same time. So it was a lot. It was a heck of a lot for one week. Um, but then, like, once we were able to both go outside um, with all the kids, it just seemed like it got easier as as time went on and we kind of fell into a routine. Yeah. So that kind of leads into a good next topic. I I think, is this fair to say that you really enjoy cooking and baking and all of the meal prep? Yes. Um, you know what? That hasn't always been the case, though. Um I was that kid growing up who spent more time in the barn than the house. And um, yeah, I wasn't inside a lot. Um, yes, my mom is a good cook, but she didn't. I don't feel like she really taught me a whole bunch um, of cooking things. And I can follow, I used, you know, I can follow a recipe. And so I just kind of went with it. But it's been in the last couple of years that I've really started to enjoy it and, um, you know, kind of expand my knowledge on, you know, baking and cooking techniques and whatever and kind of get out of my comfort zone a little bit. Um, it was about, I don't know, seven or eight years ago when my husband found out he had a gluten sensitivity. Um, and up until that point, I... We were eating a pretty processed food diet, to be honest with you, um, which, you know, if the, if Hamburger Helper and all those things are your jam, it's, you know, I'm not offended by that, but it's just, I realized how unhealthy it was for us. And so that gluten sensitivity diagnosis um, forced me to, to learn how to cook, essentially, and um, learn how to cook gluten-free on top of that. So... Um, for several years, I cooked gluten-free and that taught me a lot. Um, and in the last year, we switched to an einkorn flour, which I don't know if you know what that is, but it has a really weak gluten. And a lot of people with gluten sensitivities are able to t tolerate einkorn flour. It's like an ancient grain, the most ancient kind of wheat. And it's not, it hasn't been hy hy hybridized. Is that the word? Yes. Um, and so that's what I've been using in the last year, and I've really come to enjoy it. Um, and it just makes me want to spend more time in the kitchen. You know, I, I like actually crave kitchen days now where I can just 
you know, get all these things going in the kitchen all day. So it's been really fun, actually. And then along with that, like my girls are old enough to help me cook, too. And so they've been in the kitchen a lot more now. And it's just really fun teaching them those things. And um, I'm looking forward to, you know, helping them learn how to cook as they grow older, too. That's awesome. That's a skill that I feel like is just so underutilized, undertaught that makes a huge difference for people who don't want to necessarily rely on frozen foods and processed things to even have the option to have a different diet. You have to have those skills. So that's awesome. Um, What do you enjoy most about cooking? What's been kind of the big things that you've learned along the way as you've kind of been teaching yourself since this gluten sensitivity thing came about? Yeah, I think the fun thing um, is just trying new recipes and seeing how they turn out. Because uh, growing up, I was a science kid. I love science and experimenting. Um, I say like gardening is an experiment every year, but so is the kitchen, honestly. And so like finding a recipe and everyone like looking forward to how it's going to turn out or like um, just being able to, you know, make people happy with food that I that I cook for them. Uh, I think that's been the most enjoyable part. But yeah, just like finding a recipe and really nailing it is <laughs> makes me feel good. Yeah. Are there any systems that you've developed since I know you do a ton of things homemade, like you're not relying on frozen foods or processed foods on a regular basis as much as you can, right? Right. So um, I've tried to switch a lot of things over to um, from scratch cooking just because I know it's um, cheaper for us. I know it's healthier for us. And, um, you know, I'm human and I am a I'm a busy mom and I uh, cook three meals a day. So we still eat things like chicken nuggets. Okay. (laughs) And um, I'm in a season where I just don't have time to make bread. Um, So I don't, you know, I haven't made, I haven't figured out how to make those things, but pretty much everything else is homemade. Um, And right now it's funny you ask um, because I've noticed like you doing this as well, like trying to batch cook and trying to make things in the kitchen simpler, even if you do cook everything from scratch, homemade. And so right now I'm trying to like figure out some systems on how to make things easier for us. We eat a lot of the same foods for breakfast, um, like muffins, pancakes, waffles, etc. And so I'd love to um, start working on some like baking mixes where they're already mixed up and I can just you know, grab a couple of cups of this baking mix and make pancakes real quick. Um, just kind of simplify that process, you know. Uh, and then, um, you know, getting a bunch of meat cooked up and in, you know, throw it back in the freezer for other meals. You know, when I cook, when I cook a roast, the leftover goes to enchiladas. Or the other day I took a beef tenderloin out and, you know, they're huge. Well, that made like several meals for the whole week, honestly. And so just trying to, you know, capitalize on some of those things that save time has been really helpful lately. Absolutely. Well, you'll have to tell me when you start doing some of the baking mixes, because that's been a big one I've been wanting to work on as well. And it's just Mm -hmm. like 
it would make such an impact for us on things that we could reduce buying from the store. But it's yeah. also one of those things that it's like always the last thing that you get to. Because <laughs> right. it still takes time to like figure out, you know, what baking mix you want to use and if it's going to work and stuff like that. So, yeah, I know what you mean. Like in the long run, this will help, but it's going to take a little little time and effort up front, which is fine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love hearing all of the different hacks that you're learning and, and figuring out as you try new recipes. I sometimes get a little bit of like, I don't know what the right word is, but I get fearful of trying new recipes because I have such picky ears in my family that I'm like, I want to try something new, but nobody except me is going to eat it. They're going to take one look at it and be like, no, thank you. <laughs> um do you have anybody in your house that is like less willing to try new foods or maybe has gotten super used to a store-bought version of something that you tried to replicate? Uh, for sure. Children. <laughs> yeah. okay. uh, and on top of that, my oldest yeah, has a legume allergy. Um, so that would be peanuts, chickpeas, lentils, green peas, um, beans stuff like that so um yeah I'd say the children are the pickiest by far my husband usually um humors me and and will eat whatever I put in front of him (laughs) um but you know there just there has to be a realization that if your kids are used to the store-bought version of something it's gonna take some time for their taste buds to adjust um I've I've seen research that says it takes like a hundred times of them for them to be exposed to a food for them to even try it sometimes so I mean it's just you know having those expectations of well they might not like it but um, usually they will try a bite uh, which is all I ask is for them to try it before they decide they don't like it Um, and um, I've also had success with like You know, if I make a casserole that's new, um, a lot of times I will separate out the ingredients and put it on their plate like that. You know, like instead of unstuffed pepper casserole for them just in one, you know, scoop on their plate, maybe separate out the meat from the rice, from the veggies. Deconstructed. Yeah, so they can maybe get a taste of it or just pick what they want from the meal and eventually I hope that, you know, they will come to enjoy the flavors together. But um, yeah, those are just some of the things I've learned. Also, it helps when they cook with you um, because they see like what goes in it and oh, maybe it's not so different than I think, you know. And so they're more willing to try it, especially the oldest one, um, when they help cook it, which is nice. Um, That's helped too. So, yeah, I definitely have little picky eaters over here on on in my house, too. Um, and it was really hard for me to kind of branch out with cooking and baking new things to begin with um, because gluten-free flour is super expensive. And einkorn flour isn't as expensive as gluten-free, but it's still really expensive compared to, like, your unbleached white flour that you'd find on the grocery store shelf and so I had a hard time 
making those new things because I thought, you know, if they don't like it, I'm just wasting mm-hmm. money and wasting flour and, and, uh, I don't remember that. And, uh, you know, we try the best we can. So maybe if I do try something new, I don't make, you know, the full recipe or, or a huge batch until I know that everyone enjoys it or will get eaten by someone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Test batches. That's good. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, we've covered a lot of ground already, but I feel like the theme for most moms is trying to manage all of the things. You've got a job, you've got ranch life, you've got cooking, you've got house stuff, you've got kids. Um, What are some of the things that you're doing to manage it all or work towards managing it all? Yes, I don't ever believe I will find a true balance to all of this. Um, but I am trying to figure out what routines, what systems work best, work best for us because, um, it's, it's a lot to manage. Okay. Like I'm a ranch wife, so I like to help on the ranch from time to time. And I also manage the house. I do, you know, I cook three meals a day, most of the time, if we're not eating leftovers and I have a big garden and you know, summertime, it comes with the yard, mowing and children. (laughs) Um, And then I have a job, you know, on top of that. So what I found success in recently is batch working. So, you know, on Sunday, it's my laundry day and I do all the laundry on one day. You know what? I didn't think it would work, but it really works. Then I don't have to worry about it the rest of the week. I tried the whole like one load a day, and, you know, then two or three days would go by and I would forget and yeah, it just didn't work. So having one laundry day where I do all the laundry is working so far. And then, um, you know, I have also on Sundays, I meal plan. I haven't quite gotten as far as meal prepping, which I know, you know, I could do better on, but just having a plan for the week as far as meals I don't think people realize the um, the amount of stress that it takes off of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, just knowing like what to expect for the day or having an idea like you're not, it's not four o'clock, five o'clock. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to make for dinner? Yeah. You know, you already know, you're already prepared. You know, the meat is defrosting in the fridge and it takes so much stress off my life, honestly, just to have a meal plan for the week. Um, so yeah, I have a laundry day. I have a day where I meal plan. Um, I have a cleaning day, which I, you know, just do all the cleaning in one day. Um, then I have a work day. Usually I, I don't do anything else in the house except try and work. And then, you know, I have activities for the kids or they, um, can go to a babysitter or whatever. Um, and because it's summertime, I have like a yard day or a garden day where we just spend pretty much all day outside mowing and, and doing stuff in the garden. And, um, the kids love it because they can just hang out and do whatever outside as long as they can see me, hear me. So that's kind of a fun day for them too. But yes, batching things, um, is just really working well in my life right now, instead of trying to like time block and be like okay for two hours i'm going to do work and then for another two hours i'm going to clean um it's just a lot of directions to go in all day Mm -hmm. and so just by focusing on one thing like a theme for the day it's um it's really been taking a lot of stress out of it for me 
you know what to expect um and then yeah if we do go out and help on the ranch that's just like an added bonus and yeah that's what's working right now or at least we're trying yeah well you always got to keep trying new things and see what works best especially as the seasons of life change i love the concept of batch batching things so that's really cool you're doing that and then the theme days is something that, that I have not thought about, you know, like the whole day being dedicated towards one type of activity. That's something I feel like I should try out. That sounds really like um, directional of this is the goal of the day, the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, well, let me know if you try it out, if it works for you, because I know like we lead very similar lives um like i've been watching you a lot on instagram lately and you do a lot of home cooking too and you have a business of your own and you have four small children and you're also a farm wife and so i mean we we lead very similar lives and so if you if you find success in it let me know because i hope you do yeah absolutely i do absolutely feel like we are very kindred spirits in what the kind of things that we're working on right now um tell me more about the baby business and what's going on there, what your kind of dreams and goals are as you keep making progress on it. Sure, yeah. Um, Okay, so my business is called Beyond the Fence Lines and it started just as um, a place for rural women to connect and share their stories. Um, That was the initial um, direction I was headed in and I I still would like to share stories for rural women written by rural women because I feel like um, it just brings people together. It makes us feel like we're not alone in our situations. We live a very unique lifestyle. Like it's one thing to be a mom but or or like a, a wife, but it's like a whole nother added thing to be a farmer ranch mom or a farmer ranch wife. Um, we literally live where we work and work where we live and there there's so much freedom to that schedule and that lifestyle but it is also like so hard at times and many of us live isolated and so I just wanted to you know bring women who were like me together so we could um lean on each other so we could help one another out so we could just be there for each other and I just think there's just so much power in having um, like-minded women around you. Um, so that was like the initial thing there. And um, recently I've been working on a membership um, that people can join. And um, the components of the membership are personal development, education, and connection. Because um, those are the three things that have really helped me in my journey in the last 10 years as a ranch wife. Um, so I'm working on that right now. And then honestly, in the future, I would love to offer more kind of events to connect rural women. Um, I don't know what that's going to look like yet. So stay tuned on that. (laughs) So cool. Well, I love the vision that you have behind it. I think it's so important because like you said, a lot of us are very isolated and kind of just tackling things on our own whether we want to or not. That's kind of how it just happens to work out. Um, so I'm so glad that that's something you're working on and that you're passionate about and kind of just bringing women together with these stories. I know I've seen 
a few of them that you kind of put together or that women in your community have put together. And they are so powerful just to see what other women who lead similar lives are going through that we may be doing as well and just don't want to admit or don't have anyone that we feel comfortable talking about it with. Yeah, for sure. Like it's stories like that that kind of struck a chord with me, especially in those early days as a new time, like a first time mom. Um, Like I felt so alone in what I was feeling. And like I told you before, like I had a lot of anxiety about just taking my daughter anywhere. And, um, you know, it's literally life changing when you have children and there's no way you can prepare for it. And so um, I did, you know, I stumbled across a website that had a lot of like really heartfelt stories about the experiences of motherhood, you know, good and hard. And I was just thinking to myself, like, wow, wouldn't it be great if there was something like this for women in egg or, you know, rural women, because I can't, um, like, I, I don't have the experience of suburb life or, you know, school drop off or pick up, like those kind of things didn't speak to me, but I know a lot of the emotions did. And so just, um, the emotions behind things and, you know, a lot of the times we feel alone and we don't feel like talking to anyone because we are fearful of what people will think. Um, one of my favorite quotes, and I can't remember who it's by, is what's universal is often personal or what's personal is often universal. Okay. And so chances are, if you're going through something, someone else has gone through it too. Um, and it just helps to talk to someone else to know that you're not alone in those situations. Absolutely. It's kind of like chicken soup for the rural woman's soul that I think of when I read some of them, but Oh my God, I love that. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I'm just, it's amazing that you are putting that together and creating those resources for women, even if it's slow going because you have so much else on your plate. It's, I think we all just have to kind of accept at this stage in life that we're in everything that you do outside of like the day-to-day stuff that you have to do is going to be slow because there's such small pockets of time that you get to work on it, unfortunately even though it probably takes up a lot of your brain waves. <laughs> yes, it's it's constantly there and I'm constantly thinking about it, but um, it's just, you know, you got to think about what is most important right now in life. And that is raising the, the tiny children, raising the, the little babies. And um, I can work on my other things within the margins of motherhood, but keeping in mind that um, being a mother is the most important thing and that the other things will fall into place eventually too. So, yep, it's okay to go slow. <laughs> yeah. And it, like you said, it is, it, they'll fall into place eventually. I think it's hard to remember that when you're in the depths of motherhood or a harder season because it feels like this is the way it's always going to be now. I'm never going to have anything other than what is what it is right now. So, It's good to see like people like you who are, you know, you said the change from one kid to three kids is huge. Just how different life becomes in such a short period of time once you get over some of those big humps that 
might be challenging or might make life like this all consuming of this part of motherhood. For, for sure. When, um, you know, when you first become a parent, like you think it's always going to be that hard, you know, but um, and it is always hard being a parent. I'm not saying it's any easier, but I just feel so much more confident in my abilities as a mother now and in my abilities to take the kids out on the ranch with us because that is not easy in itself. Um, and it, it does get easier in that aspect as they, as you, you know, become, uh, you know, adjusting to motherhood and as they become older, it, you know, it just gets a little bit easier in that way. Um, we know that we are done having children. And so it's amazing how fast we're like moving out of that stage of life. Um, and it's almost too fast. You know, my son will be one, one year old next month. And it's just like every day I, can't, I, I look at him and I can't believe he's already this old and that the year went by so fast and that we're never going to have a newborn again. And so you spend a lot of time just adjusting to those feelings. So Absolutely. We're at the same exact exact place where my um, she turned two this spring is our last. And the amount of freedom that I've had this summer that I like have just never experienced before where you can like, oh, I can go outside and the kids will be OK inside for like 30 minutes. Like I don't have to stress <laughs> about running back inside to make sure nobody's bawling or anything like that. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think we just forget what freedom feels like a little bit or, you know, they're just, they need so much attention and care in those first few years of life. When they start getting some of that independence, it's like you're getting your independence too. Yeah. And um, it feels really good. I'm going to be honest with you, but at the same time, it's bittersweet too, because it's, they're growing up. <laughs> yeah. They're not babies forever. <laughs> well, I just want to thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your insight and what's your day-to-day -day life looks like and kind of opening up to this audience about that. It's been such a joy to talk to you. Um, can you tell everybody where they can find more from you and where they can learn more about what you're doing? Sure. Yes. And uh, thank you again for having me come on here. Anytime I can um, encourage anyone else who's like in my same situation, I'm going to say yes to that. Um, so that being said, you can find me on Instagram at um, beyond.the.fencelines. And I'm sure you'll link this in the show notes, but um, we I do have a website and it's www.beyondthefencelines.com. So those are the two places I like to hang out mostly. And um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to everything that I hope Beyond the Fence Lines will become and you just need to, ex you know, uh, adjust my expectations about how to how long it's going to take to get there. <laughs> That's a constant thing, right? Well, um, if you enjoy this podcast, please give Jesse a follow because I know you will enjoy the content that she puts out. It is right along the same vein and the same line as what we do here. So thank you again, Jesse, for coming on today. And I hope everybody enjoyed this episode.
Do you know someone building their ag legacy or with stories of yesteryear on the farm that need to be shared? Please let us know or help them apply to be a guest on the show at farmingonpurpose.com guest. If you've enjoyed spending time with us today, please take a moment to review the show on Apple Podcasts or give us a share on social media. You can follow the host of Farming on Purpose, Lexi, at, at Farming on Purpose on all social media. And let us know what topics you want to hear more about.